Hello and welcome to The Genius Podcast. My name is Karen Doyle, your host and founder of The Genius Project, an initiative for Catholic women designed to support and resource you towards growth in all areas of life, spiritual, personal and professional. We seek to do this through the Catholic Women's Masterclass, our online courses, our live virtual Catholic women's events, and the Genius Podcast, which you're listening to. If you're interested in finding out anything about these initiatives, please visit our website at www.geniusproject.co or you can come and join us on Instagram, genius underscore project underscore daily, or you can also subscribe to the Genius Project YouTube channel. On this week's episode of the Genius Podcast, I am joined by Bridget Sakar. Bridget shares a very powerful story about the role that her faith played in preparing her to be able to forgive somebody who took the life of her child. Just a disclaimer that this episode does discuss the death of a child and grief and loss. And so just to prepare you for that in this episode. This is an incredibly sacred conversation in which Bridget really shares quite vulnerably about her experience of tragedy of losing her daughter Veronique and how she was actually able to forgive the drunk driver who took the life of her child and now what she is actually doing to channel that grief and to offer I guess her suffering as a gift to those around her. I really hope and pray that you are blessed by this conversation. Well, Bridget, welcome to the Genius Podcast. It's such a gift and a joy to have you joining us today. You're based in Sydney and I'm in Canberra in Australia, but welcome. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Oh, look, it's so wonderful. You recently came down to Canberra when we were um, filming the Shalom World series called Real Women and you and Vaughn and I had a like a couple of hours in the studio together. We did our po- our interview for the TV show, but golly goodness, just being in your presence, um, Vaughn and I were just so moved and the conversation after was really sacred. And so it's just beautiful to have you joining us on the podcast to have a similar conversation around, I guess, the role of forgiveness, because that's been a big journey for you. But before we jump into that, would you just give the listeners a little bit of background as to who you are and, and what you do? Sure. Sure. Um Look, born and bred in Sydney um, and, you know, like every other person, went to school, went to uni um, and after uni, um, you know, into the corporate world for, you know, um, 30, 30, 35 years of my life um, and, you know, very much in all my life, everything I've done um, has had to have a purpose. I just never got out of bed and thought I was going to a job. It had to have a purpose, had to have meaning. So in the corporate world, you know, my purpose was to help people into home ownership. And then, you know, in life we we have pathways and we have plans, we have goals, and, you know, absolutely people should have those. But, you know, we never, ever um, know what's going to happen. And uh, the story um, of, the, of the tragedy that occurred to me and my family, whereby, you know, um, Veronique, my daughter, um, and her cousins obviously were having a great time together and went for a walk um, to get some ice cream and, you know, seven children were hit, tragically killed three years ago in February. Um, four of the children obviously killed and Ronique being one of them and one of them, you know, suffering from, you know, severe brain injuries and the other two obviously, you know, live every day of their life, which we can't forget the children that the survivors or the, or the, or the siblings. And from there I've, you know, um, you know, Continued through life, uh, journeying without my daughter, with my son, who's 16 now, Michael, and my husband, Craig. 
Um, and it's always been about the purpose. What is the purpose? What is my purpose? Um, and since then, um, we, I've started a charity called Heartfelt, which is, um, an online platform helping people, um, through their grief. And also we've opened a cafe called Carta Cafe, um, which is four in French for the four children, um, honoring them. And also in particular, my daughter who loved cooking and feeding people. And the beauty about the cafe, it's a community cafe in Strathfield to give back to the community. Um, and people can come into the cafe and they can bring a photo of their loved one. Um, and we've got a Polaroid camera. We take a photo of them and put it up on the wall because mm-hmm. uh, love lives on just because you love someone, just because, you know, someone died, you don't stop loving them. And what we're going to do with the proceeds of the cafe is actually um, give it to Santa Sabina, the school that my daughter went to, um, uh, for a scholarship for a girl um, from year 10, 11, and 12. So we'll start next year. And Veronica would have been year 10. So it's about giving somebody else the opportunity to go to the same school that she went to who can't afford to go to that school. And we we want to give back. And if, if I can give back, we can give back as a family um, to the community, to the school that Veronica went to, to another family, to feel that the, the love and the privilege of being in a school. Um so that's kind of a little bit about myself. You know, I'm married, you know, I've got Michael, um, who I, you know, invest a lot of time and, and, and energy into because, you know, he needs to feel like he's worth living for. Um, we sold our corporate business, um, the, the, the lending business I was in, but I'm still, you know, there for a couple of days a week, uh, doing what I do best. And that is connecting people, nurturing relationships. And, um, uh, so I'm going to, you know, I do a bit of finance. Uh, um, I do a bit of, you know, coming into the cafe, talking to people. That's what I love doing and helping people in grief, which is key to my heart. And the only way I was able to do that is obviously, you know, taking that path of forgiveness and, you know, doing God's great work that he wants me to do. Yeah, Bridget, you're so quite... I think I meandered a little bit, but, I mean, it's kind no, of a nutshell. That's a nutshell, and we can unpack that over the next yeah. 30 minutes together because yeah. there's so many things in that conversation that are real gifts for people. Um, and I, I think what you've done is absolutely extraordinary. I just really want to honour you and and Layla and Denny as well because the journey has not been easy. But for some reason, and, and we can get to this later on, but you said that perhaps you were chosen for this to carry this cross because you would bear witness to other people. Yeah, and you would be the way to navigate um, forgiveness and to navigate grief in a way that's united with Christ. And and yeah. we do know that in Christ, our suffering is not wasted. That we have this, there is redemptive suffering, and that He can turn all things for good, even the most tragic and traumatic. But would you, would you, um, I guess just come back a little bit, maybe those years. And I know in our Shalom series, you you did share, but. Some of the listeners might not be familiar with your story, but your your family and there was another family and, and both of you are related. Um, would yeah. you take us back and just share a little bit more about that day and that story? Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, obviously Danny and Layla are cousins of mine um, and our girls love being together. Danny's daughter, um, Angelina, was a year older than Ronique. Ronique was 11 and Angelina was 12. And obviously there was Mabel, 13. The three girls really loved being together. And it was the 1st of February and, um, you know, I um, had said to my husband, look, you know, it's Mabel's birthday. One of the girls that was, you know, walking with them that survived was her birthday. And uh, so we had uh, another cousin of ours 
Danny Lila's cousin as well, who's having her 21st. And I said, look, it makes sense if I just dropped Renick um, to be with, with Mabelle and Angelina. And they were so excited about being together. It was just, they couldn't wait for the 1st of February. And um, then we'll head off to this party and then I'll go back and pick her up. Um, and so it was a very busy day that day. I was running around and, you know, Renick said, you want to stay here or sleep over or come back home or sleep over. She goes, no, I'll pack my bag. But you know, um, maybe I'll come back home. So not a problem. We we got there about 10 to 7. Um, I told her to put her shoes on. Before she, she had thongs on, so I said, put your shoes on. I've already put your sand shoes on. Knocked on the door. Danny answered, and I, I said, Danny, um, uh, please make sure her mobile phone's charged. It was sort of dying um, because I need her to call me to tell me whether she wants to pick her up after the party. And he goes, has she eaten? I said, look, she can always eat. My daughter loves food. <laughs> Anyway, dropped her off, then came back home. I met Craig at my place, and then we headed down to Surrey Hills to go to the 21st, just parked the car, just got up the stairs to the venue, and then Danny rang. So literally like maybe five to eight. And I thought, why is he calling me? They were meant to kind of be behind us. And he said to me, um, um, I've lost my children. And I said, oh, okay. I thought maybe they've gone for a run around the streets or and he said that, I said, well, what do you mean, Danny? He goes, they're dead. Angelina, Auntie and Sienna are dead. I don't know if I was standing after he said that or what happened. I just remember thinking, well, what about Veronique? I mean, do I ask about Veronique? I mean, imagine how selfish that would look if he's telling me his kids are dead, even though I couldn't even grasp what he was, what that meant. Um, how to ask about Veronique? And, he, and I, then I said, um, is, what about Veronique, Danny? And he goes, you just need to come to the golf course. So I, I must have, I don't know, I just remember Craig grabbing me and we just made it down the stairs into the car and I was praying, Hail Mary, our Father, Hail Mary, our Father, please don't let me, you know, please don't let this happen. Um, uh, we called Danny a few times from the car. It's no, it's not good. What, well, Danny, what do you mean? And you know, just, you just need to come here. Called my siblings, my sister and my brother. And, and when I got there, it was, it was a crime scene. It was lights everywhere, people everywhere. We couldn't get in. There was like tapes. And I went up to the police officer and said, Oh, my daughter's here, you know, and they said, sorry, can't come in. It's not the way to come in. And we drove around and I don't even, I don't even remember how, but I do remember just, sitting on the footpath, unable to get to Veronique, um, and everyone's just coming to me. And someone gave me a rosary of rosary beads in my hand, and I just clung onto the rosary beads and sat down at gutter. Um, and that was it. You know, I don't know, the night just went by, people coming and going, lights everywhere. And, uh, yeah, you know, um, I, I realised, I don't know when during the night, that, you know, um, Liana and Mabel were taken to hospital and Chabelle was in a coma and, and Veronique was right on the footpath. She was right next to, she was with Sienna. So that, you know, she swung 20 metres in the air into the golf course. So she was, you know, they were all very badly, yeah, impacted. And the driver was drunk on drugs, speeding 130 k's in a 50 k zone. Um, got in the car knowing he was drunk and drugged. Um, and he was taking, going to an ATM to take out cash probably to pay the dealer. So, or the person who gave him the drugs. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just, Michael was still home. He was, he had his first soccer game. So he said, I'm doing, is it okay if I stay home? 
he goes, Mum, I would love to go, but really what is like NPL, like league soccer. And he says, I can't, I don't want to be tired. So I thought, you know what, I'll get my girlfriend to check on him because, you know, I, I didn't want him to be tired. And I thought, I won't be long, like, get home by midnight, the latest. By the time I go get Brannick. And, um, you know, I didn't even kiss her goodbye. We're rushing, you know, that, that life of rushing. Yeah. Then give her a kiss. So I said, just put your shoes on, Renique. Um, I'll be back. And I thought, you know, by the time I get home, by the time I get changed, go back down to the city, it was just a rush. And yeah. I've learned in life, you just, you just got to stop and pause and say goodbye every time you see your children and you drop them off to school or drop them for anywhere. Goodbye, whatever you do when you, yeah. The part of someone, hug them, kiss them, whatever it is, because you just don't know. Yeah, gosh. It's such a huge thing that you've all been through. I just, there's not even words for it. I mean, I kept saying, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy. Lord, like, like God, you're merciful, you know, like, please, you know, take this cup away from me because it's too way much. too much. Too much. Yeah. Yeah, one of the most extraordinary things, Bridget, was I guess that in the days after the accident, and this is where I guess your story has become such so public for people, um, was obviously because of the enormity of the tragedy and the number of people injured that the news crew were there when you and the families went to visit yeah. the site. And it's particularly centred around the power of forgiveness and yeah. just the response, the immediate response that happened that next day. Would you share a little bit about? Yeah, look, it's hard. You know, it's hard. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you then, Karen. It's hard to no, explain how it actually. It, it, it's it's the Holy Spirit it is, that yeah. talks and walks through your mind, your heart, and your soul. You know, for Layla to get in front of the media, and obviously I'm behind the scenes in the same in the same way um, that she's on the media. And um, Layla's the mum, just to clarify. For yeah, Layla is the mother of the three children, Anthony, Angela and Sienna, and we both lost half our families. Yes. Um, you know, when she says, I think I forgive, and, and I'm, you know, in the same way through the contemplation of, you know, just forgiveness because realise that Jesus is on the cross, you know, and, and we're obviously going to go into Holy Week next week. You know, uh, you know, my, and this goes to my relationship with the cross, it's, incredibly, it it changed incredibly after this tragedy because I didn't quite understand what it meant to really suffer the way Jesus, and I probably haven't even suffered as much as Jesus suffered, humiliated, but him being in the worst time of his life, was embarrassed, he was spat at, he was, you know, even the way of dying on the cross is the most humiliating way to die. And then having his mother just watch that, I just thought, well, that's what Jesus wants of us. He wants us to forgive. He wants us to, to let it go um, because the only way to actually be with him one day and, and be with my daughter and, and reunite is to actually follow his path and, 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 you know, walk your talk. I think God was sort of saying to me and to my family, like, mm-hmm. our father's there every day for you and you say it, but, do we really do what it says? Mm. And this was, I was put to the test, if that makes sense. Like, you know, like I felt like I can take any path here. I could take the anger and the hatred or I can take what Jesus wanted us to do, love one another, be, you know, do good for others and to forgive. And 
somehow that whole you washed with it. You know, you washed with this whole yes, the grace. spirit, that you, the grace of God. And this is why I think God did choose our families because imagine if one of the families was angry and spiteful, what that would have done to our, our, us as families, to our grieving process, um, to, you know, I mean, it's it, to, my, to our children. I, I look at my son and, you know, he's full of love and respect and there's no, you know, sometimes I'm really going to think twice about the driver's name because I, it's just not it's just not part of my thought process. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the grace of God, the Holy Spirit. Um, and I do believe sometimes, you know, we know the media, they never take a, a good story and no, really embellish it, but they did because I think the Holy Spirit was even more powerful than than the media. Like he, it was really, I think God had a message that he wanted to, to bring out. And, you know, four children, I mean, someone recently only said to me four, and there's four, you know, four corners to the cross. Like there's a four, crosses four. And these children, you know, why four? Like, you know, and I really believe that there's a reason why. Mm-hmm. And um, from a, from a, from many levels, you know, from four corners of the world, from families, you know, together, how would they navigate through this? Um, you know, the power of fa- a family unit and a community, um, yes. you know, and- in giving us together and grieving as a community, even though we grieve alone, but, and I do believe we heal together. It's all, it's all part of God's, to believe that God permitted this tragedy to happen for the greater good and the greater good's coming out in so many ways. Yes. Yes, it is. And I, I think just because I'd love to talk about that because when we when we hit a difficult season or hit trauma or tragedy and loss such as you've experienced, I, I think a lot of people, I mean, it's just so, they're just so in shock and navigating through that can be so hard. But I know that you'd said to me in another conversation we'd had that you were able to make that decision because you'd sown so much into your faith over many years and that prepared yeah, you for that moment. Absolutely. It doesn't, you can't buy faith. Like you yeah. can't just purchase it off the shelf. It takes years of, it's a relationship that you um, have with Christ and with your community of faith. If I, if, if I feel like saying, you know, coming from a finance corporate background, in, I say the bank of faith is paying its dividends. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like it's almost like the building blocks of your mum and dad talking about Christ, reciting the Bible, verses in the Bible, going to church, the meaning of fasting, the meaning of Easter, the meaning of, you know, forgiveness, the meaning of God's love, all comes back. And, and actually being in it, you know, like living it, if getting in the car with your children and we would always pray, you know, a decade on the way to school, but we'd offer it up to something, you know, someone suffering or, you know, a homeless person or whatever it is, someone sick, all that, you know, for me played a huge role mm. in how I was going to cope with this. Yes. Like God was, God was, you know, the tapestry was being already weaved for him to prepare me yes. for what was coming. And I would always pray the seven sorrows of our lady at least a year i started I, my mum gave me a book of a, a woman who was would come you know to visit her um and she gave her the seven sorrows of our lady and mum said here you go read this you know and every day i'd read it every day on the train and i caught a train i would read it 
And um, I, I used to say, oh, Mother Mary, how, how could you have gone through all these your sorrows? And I think even that was part of the preparation of your heart will be sorry. You, you will, you know, go through the loss of a child. And um, it's all part of it. Yeah, it is. I think as you're talking, um, one word or statement comes to mind. It's about stewardship. And I often hear people talking about stewarding the moments of our life well. And someone yeah. said to me, you know, a couple of years ago when we were going through a difficult season um, just with COVID and the impact that that has for us, that you can suffer well. And she said, just suffer well, my friend, suffer well. And it hadn't occurred to me before that, that I could actually choose my response to my suffering because so much of the time in life, it feels like we're a victim to the circumstances and things that are happening to us. But it's it, it's quite empowering in the sense and not to take away from tragic circumstances, but it's no. just a reminder that we actually have that capacity to choose our response to suffering and to suffer well, to steward the moment so that we can grow, so that we can try and stay close to the Lord. And one of the fruits of that, which is clearly evident in your families, is just that that then becomes a gift, um, that redemptive suffering. But that stewardship of the moment, mm. and I think when we're faced with difficulty, whether it's through death and loss or other situations, yeah, just that, that we do have, I guess, the power to choose. Yes, yeah, and that's exactly right. And I was only talking to someone about this morning, you have a choice of which path you want to take. And that, you know, that stewardship that you're talking about um, and the redemptive suffering, it, it is a choice. Like it, we're born with free will mm. and we can choose, you know, people always sort of blame God when things go wrong. But God didn't tell the driver to get in the car and get on 130 Ks and, you know, take drugs and alcohol. That's not written anywhere in the Bible. It's not part of Christ's teaching. So we can't or blame God. You know, we, we have to, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's acceptance of, of what's happened. Um, and, and absolutely the pain and suffering comes with that acceptance, but it's choosing what am I going to do with this pain and suffering? How, how am I going to take it? And, 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 and not to say that I, you know, I, I struggle with sleep. I, I struggle with anxiety. Um, you know, um, you know, your, your, your whole being completely changes after you lose your flesh and blood. It's mm -hmm. the worst kind, let alone tragically yeah. over and above the loss of a child it's how that child how you lose that child as well but I've chosen to because because my belief in in knowing that that life is there is eternity life is not just about now this is temporary so you know for me I made the choice to do great things to honor her to honor all of them actually all the four children um and in particular, you know, for Veronique to be proud of me and what I'm going to do um, until I see her again. And, you know, that includes all the stuff that I'm doing around, the, you know, the, the, the heartfelt um, platform, you know, um, giving back through the cafe and being a disciple of Christ and showing others that what forgiveness can do um, and what loving, what loving Christ and the relationship you can have with Christ, um, what that can manifest into when, 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 when something happens that, you know, you can't, you have no control over and you have to surrender at times like that, you know, it's, this is too much for me, Jesus, take this cup away from me. And I've, and I've learned, and I've realized that, you know, Jesus was human as well and divine and he suffered. And, 
you know, no one's exempt from suffering. If 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 the if God's only son suffered, then you know, who are we? Like who am I? Like mm-hmm. I don't I'm no one, I'm I'm just like everyone else. And at times I say to myself, well, I'm not the first person to lose a child. Um, many people do. And as much as I could tap into those people to try and help those that are suffering and struggling, those that can't cope with their grief, because heartfelt is about you know, heartfelt yeah. community is about speaking grief. Um, then I want to do that. Because all my, because one of the gifts and talents that God gave me is being able to connect with people and being able to talk to people and have make people feel comfortable that they they can be open about their, their feelings and, and to trust me. Yes. Because I think so much when we do go through suffering, regardless of how that comes into our life, it's a very isolating experience, isn't it? And and sometimes there's not language for the suffering and people who haven't walked that path or perhaps they, they mean well, but there's people who fail us in our suffering. And so that can cause people, and I've seen this to isolate more and more. And yeah. I just love what you're doing through heartfelt because, and I just, and I also just love the way you're keeping, I guess, Veronique's spirit alive through her love yeah. of cooking, the cafe, but you're creating a place where people can come to take a photo and, and put it on that wall. Yes. It's beautiful. It's just really, really beautiful and, and such a powerful gift for those people who, who are suffering. And I'm, I'm interested before, cause I'd love to talk a little bit more about heartfelt yeah. as well and to promote yeah. that, but for people who are walking through grief, I mean, you're talking about it now and, and obviously it's obvious that where you are today is not for lack of struggle and, and sadness no. and probably trying to get up out of bed each day. But what would you say to people who are in that position of early grief? Um, it just what a help because you know someone might look at you now and think wow like you've come so far I'm so far from that like I my whole Mm. body like you said it affects your body um yeah I guess Um, your experience and that it is that roller coaster isn't it oh it is you know like waves crashing you know like Mm. back and forth it's like the seasons you know sometimes it's right one day four seasons it's you know anything could trigger you you know like um even, you know, going to um, a, a girlfriend's a daughter's wedding, you think, well, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to experience this. Um, it could be anything. I find it hard to go into um, girls' stores that have kids for, like, teenagers or young girls because I think, oh, I used to go in here all the time. I, I don't have anyone anymore to, you know, to even be excited about dressing, you know, your daughter. Like I don't have, I don't, even more is I don't have a girl anymore. Like does that make sense? I, I don't have that community of what a, what a girl brings to a household and the community that, you know, used to do the cooking and she used to help me fold sheets and she used to have her friends over and sleepovers and, you know, that girly stuff's just gone. The whole community goes with a person. And not everyone's a faith. And sometimes I say to people, well, if I've got it wrong, so be it. I, I, I've been able to get up out of bed with my suffering and continue and if i've got it wrong i've got it wrong but if i've got it right wow right but i think what's key for anybody who's suffering form of grief loss of someone any kind of grief if you can have some accompaniment have somebody because that's what i got out of grief care which are part of catholic cemeteries and crematoria they accompany families you know up until the funeral everyone's on adrenaline everyone's coming to help you what do you need and then after that it's like still waters and you're sitting on that dinner table and there's a person missing. 
you're in the car and you're you're driving one to school and you don't get to drive the other one. You make one lunchbox and not the other one. It all changes. So accompanying someone, not being on your own, if you could just be able to connect in some way to someone or community, as hard as, hard as it is, I encourage that because that's what helped me. The accompaniment and the community around me helped me, helped me get up. Um, my faith helped me get up. If you're of faith, you know, I really hope that you make the choice to to lean on your faith. It doesn't matter what faith it is. And, you know, professional help, if you can, you know, our our tragedy was so public, as you as you called out yeah. right at the beginning, Karen, but um, when it's not, you do suffer in silence and there are so many people out there. But if you can also get some, you know, professional mental health help for your well-being, whatever that might be, it's very critical. Yes. And I know. You know, you, your mind, your body, your soul all needs to be nurtured. And I'd also like to just call out people, you know, in the community that if you do know somebody in your community who has been through loss or who's going through suffering, just to get around them. Because I know so many people, a friend of mine, you know, there was the anniversary that came around of her child for the second year and there was not that many people that made contact and I, I just uh-huh. really want to encourage people. And the worst you can do, some people hold back because they don't want to upset or offend, whereas I've never been that kind of person. I'm always like it's better to have said something and someone to say, oh, that's a bit much, than to have left that void for people. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we don't speak grief. We live in a society, it's countercultural to speak grief. It's countercultural to cry. If you cry, you say sorry. Um, if you laugh, it's okay. Um and it's not really okay. They're all both emotions. And, I, I, you know, sometimes I, 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 that's what I feel like my path is in life, to be that sort of wounded healer, to mm. call people who don't have anyone to, to speak to them and or they need a phone call from someone who's gone through what they've gone through and I, I know how you feel or I've been through what you've been through, maybe a little bit different, but I, I can appreciate your pain. I, I like to do that and I always look out for when the – and I've Quite a few people lost children last year that I, I was aware of and I'd always make, find a way to get their phone number and to call them. And sometimes I've had, no, you know, they've just shut down completely. They don't want to see anyone. And that's fine. But I do recommend that you try not to do that because it, it just manifests into all sorts of other things that are long-term and damaging as opposed to at least having someone just reach mm-hmm. out to you. Um, Absolutely. But others welcome the the visit. They welcome the phone call, um, and that's what heartfelt does. You know, it, it it brings that community together. And and I feel like by leading by creating heartfelt, leading it, it it's it has a it has such a purpose in life because everybody has nobody's exempt from suffering, and we've all the price you pay for loving someone mm-hmm. is grief. It will be. We all will go through grief in our life. We'll all lose someone one day that we love and we love dearly. And what a way to prepare ourselves if we can be around people who, who can who can catch us. It's I know back um, many years ago now I worked as an oncology palliative care nurse at St wow. George Hospital in Cogra, and it was honestly one of the most sacred. I mean, having my children was very sacred, but walking someone home to heaven's door was such a sacred experience. And we were really blessed that a lot of the nurses on our ward were Christian. And there was a book we read called May I Walk You Home. And there was another one that had the picture of the Pieta on the front. And that's wow. Mary holding Jesus. Jesus, yeah. 
And and the whole theory that we started to adopt in our nursing was this, that when someone's life feels like it's being blown apart by grief and tragedy, that just to get around them and to hold them, whether that's a physical embrace or just a note, but as nurses, we would often bring two beds together and, and people who had no one in their final moments, we'd do things like get up on their bed and just, just hold them. That's, and that's beautiful. It, it really was really sacred that you just... I don't know, as people, if we're carrying Christ's image with us, that we're called to bring him to the people that we meet and the people we encounter. And I think we have a fear around grief in our culture. In the Western world, we have a fear. It makes us people incredibly uncomfortable. And I I just, I've seen it up close, friends that have lost children, that just get in people's space. Don't be afraid. I would like to say to all women listening to this, that just think right now on this podcast, as you're listening to this podcast about someone, whether they've lost someone or not, or someone just going through a difficult time, we get caught up in our own busyness, but we forget what just a little note or a text or a call or a post a letter or offering a babysitting or or a visit can do. Just goes a long way. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, so many people do suffer in silence and I, don't, I think as humans we try and sometimes like I, I remember once I was coming out of the doctor's um, surgery as in the city and and um, I saw someone that I'd known for a long time uh, it was a CEO of a, of a, of a bank actually um, and when he saw me kind of hit behind the pole I don't know if I've told you the story no I went oh dear so I walked around Brown and I said, oh, such and such, why are you hiding behind the pole? Because I just don't know what to say to you. I just don't know what to say to you. I said, well, you can give me a hug. Let's start there. And um, that's the thing. A lot of people, I don't know what to say to you. Or if they do, they go, um, can I, I don't mean to offend, upset you. It's like, for me, it's like, well, my daughter lived this earth. Um, why are we afraid to mention her name? And I think it's about not wanting to hurt me or, or remind me of the pain but you're always in that pain you live in pain that 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 that, that um that pain is constant it's your gut always feels not right you know mm-hmm. um but you've made a choice to get up and do things and whether you mention her name or you don't it's actually i find it harder when you don't because you're actually i know it's the elephant in the room why aren't you mentioning my daughter's name um and I think if we speak about our loved ones and we can change the culture of, of, of the Western world, especially that's the whole thing about heartfelt, about honoring your loved one, you know, talking about your loved one. Um, and, you know, there's no group, there's no advice or counseling or judgment. It's just you're around of people at the moment with getting a community of faith in the presence of one another in your own home on a Monday night. Um, and it's being able to talk about that person that you, that you love so much. Yeah. And your daughter was so beautiful. She it just was, radiated joy, yeah. didn't she? She's just absolutely She was, yeah, full of life. She was stoic. Um, she, you know, she loved people. Um, she was not attached to anything material. And I say that because uh, she never opened up a present. Uh, she didn't really. It's always around being with people, cooking, um, animals. She loved dogs. Um, she was witty. She had a great sense of humour. She could read between the lines. Um, and every day, I, I mean, I, I, I know, I feel there's such a, you know, something huge is missing in my life every day. And my son, you know, he feels it as my son and my husband feels it as my husband, but no one, no one's going to feel Veronique's shoes. And like I said, I feel like my hole is so deep because it's like that 
I don't have that girl anymore in the house. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know what girls her age love and like doing. So, I'm, you know, I know I'm missing something. But, you know, the other beauty is that her friends invite me to their daughter's birthdays, um, her, you know, and I'm still connected to the school. And the fact that I've got that connection um, and I can go to their birthday parties as much as it's, it's you know, a punch in your gut watching, like going, wow, what, you know, it, I'm here, wow, like, but my daughter's missing. Well, she's not here. She's actually physically, spiritually here. What would she look like? And I, t- I ask them all the time, and they go, "Well, Veronique would look like this, this, this." You know, she'd be wearing this and have her hair like this. And and for Veronique's birthday, I had all her friends from school at the cafe. We had a morning tea because I want to see them grow. I want to be part of their life. I don't want to. I don't want Veronique to be a, a distant memory. I want her to be part of their. You know. We're going to get a Veronique's birthday again this year, you know, even though she's not here physically. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to sh- create a culture that your spirit lives on. Don't shut it down. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what Heartfelt's about. It's it's, it's about yes. bringing people together, yeah. So can you tell me a little bit more about how people might get involved, um, how they might receive support? Is that purely a Sydney-based thing or is that no, no, it's actually it? well, it's online. Um, it's it's uh, so it, I've got a website, heartfelt.community, um, and you go on and um, it sort of there's a button where you can get started, and it'll ask you a few questions, and then your details come to me via email, and I'll pick up the phone and I'll call and just try and understand, you know, your story, um, and if I can't help in any way, then I always connect with grief care because I've got professional. Yeah. You know, I, I lived I lived grief and my experience is what I try and do to to help others, but they're professional experts in the grief space. So they if I can't, if I think it's too much and I as in for them and and then I explain what we do and basically every Monday night, well there's 150 people in the community now, but every mm. Monday night, um, you know, we, we, there's a theme. So at the moment it, it's faith based. It follows the, the the Catholic calendar at the moment. Um but I want to grow it that we have a night where for people who don't don't have a denomination. But if you are of faith, you're of Christian faith, you come on um, and at the moment, obviously, it's the journey through Lent. So every week there's a theme um, and the theme um, is bro- broken. Uh, we break open that theme uh, through Scripture. So last week was about, obviously, Lazarus yes. arising. Yeah. You know, and what does, that, what does that mean? And, you know, Jesus cried. Um, he grieved. And you know we bring we bring the I break open through a reflection, um, and then we have a, a bit of a video, two three minute video. Um, I do leverage resources from grief care, and then um, I'll have pick a few questions, and we we have the breakout rooms for about 20, 25 minutes, four to five people in a room, and talk those questions, and people have got to know each other really well. Now it's been going for um, two and a half years, and people come on at different times of their grief journey. And they leave. They don't have to. They're not there for two and a half years. They'll come on for six months. They might come on for a month. They might come on for two years. But it is a good community. Um, and then we have a, 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 a blessing, and then we have a song. It goes for an hour. Um, and you know, I've got a like everyone that comes on. I get their permission to get their mobile mobile number so that you know we put it on. I put it on a WhatsApp group, and every every week I tell them the theme of the following week. And um, yeah, people people love it. They just love being in their own home, in their own space. It's meditative, yeah. so I get them in a prayer, a state of prayer. Uh, we do meditation. Um, we've got a feelings wheel. You call, you're allowed to, you know, if you'd like to explain the couple of words how you're feeling. Um, 
And, you know, Michael, who's a colleague of mine um, who I met, you know, after Veronique's death, um, who runs the cafe, uh, is a partner in our cafe as well. He does all the presentations and slides. Grief Care supports me with content. Um, and, yeah, every week there's a beautiful, beautiful program. I had a spiritual director on there um, who used to dial in from Rome and then the UK, a lovely priest, um, Father Dominic Jenkinson, and his, his cousin is a family educator in Sydney. Oh, there you um, go. She used to be Veronique's um, at Veronique's school, um, and you know he's been too. He's been a bit busy, but I do want to connect with an, another yeah. another priest. But yeah, it's it's absolutely beautiful. Um, That's amazing, I, Bridget. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know we've had people who've lost their daughter, their children. We've had people, um, mothers, there's three or four that come on. Others lost their husbands at a young age. Parents. We've got someone who anticipates losing his mother. She's in her late nineties. We've got people with special needs that come on, um, ages from 18 up. And I, I just, yeah. And so the, the, the tagline, if you go on the website, you know, heartfelt.community is because love lives on. And that's what we have on the wall in the cafe. Um, so it's all interconnected about yes, honouring your, your loved one and, and, yeah. and, you know, creating, making sure that, that, you know, people feel they can, Talk about their loved one. It's not a burden on anyone. So it goes kind of two ways. People might go, well, I, I can't, you know, talk about my, you know, such and such. Where I, where what I've struggled with is, you know, I used to always say to people, well, how many kids do you have? And now when someone asks me, I, I, I kind of go, well, I've got two, but I explain one's in heaven, one's on earth. Or, you know, sometimes I, that's the part where I struggle where, you know, telling your story or introducing yourself and, you know, people go, yeah, I'm a mother of this. And I, I start, that's the part where I go, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to talk now. And it's, it's a hard conversation. It, 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 it pains me every time I talk about how many kids I've got because mm. you know, one's not with me. But yes. she's doing so much great work um, from above um, and she's, Amen. you know, very proud of what we're doing. And the day we, we actually um, had family and friends come for the opening of the cafe, which was the 8th of July last year, a photo popped up on my mobile phone of her. Um, she just cooked a meal for everyone and it was, you know, the table was full of stuff. So I framed that photo and it's on top of the kitchen in the is in the cafe. Um, and that's beautiful. telling she was telling me, Mum, I'm really happy, I'm proud, and this is great. Fantastic, yeah. Bridget. Honestly, I just want to really thank you for your witness and the way that you have walked this journey. I know it's not without its struggles still. It's still immensely painful, oh, immensely yeah. difficult, but it really is a gift. And, and the number of people that have emailed me from the Shalom Real Women series just wanting to say thank you oh, um, to you because you. for them, just to see someone that's actually walked that journey and been able yeah. to do it and and it's we hold that struggle alongside walking it with God's grace but and it's yeah. not to negate the struggle but it's to walk with Christ and and to pick yeah. up our cross and carry it with his grace yeah. and yeah. that's what you've done and let's not forget his beautiful mother who watched him suffer that's and right. carried herself with dignity and love and probably after the shock of it all and watching her son she had to round up the troops, you know, the, the the disciples and apostles and probably hold them together and, you know, just imagine her dead son in her arms. Oh, can you think of the pain? Like, but she got up and she kept going because she trusted and she believed and I trust and I believe and 
you know, I think I've, you know, someone said to me, you know, one of your family members is sort of saying, well, how do you get up and smile and, you know, still do this and that? It's like, but this is, this is, this is all temporary. This is, you know, this, there's a greater good out there and there is, there is heaven and I will see her again. So why wouldn't I want to make her proud and, and make God proud because I, you know, he, that's what he, he, he wants. He wants love. He wants forgiveness. He wants hope. We live in that. It's what Easter's about. Yes, it is. It's what the cross is about. Cross is about, without the cross, I would never have seen Ronique again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bridget, thank you so much. You're a truly you. inspiring and your story. Yeah. Thank you for your vulnerability and thank you for gifting people with your story because it's not easy to suffer publicly. It's not easy to walk no. that journey. But uh, the number of people that you've touched and the number of people you're helping, I just really want to give thanks to thank you, you for your yes to God. So thank you for wanting to, to share the story and to be to to be interested in it in it. And you know, it's you you you're part of it because you you want to get the message out there and that's Absolutely. that's how God works. Yes, he does. Well God bless you and your family. God bless you. Have a lovely weekend too. What a sacred conversation. I don't know about you, but I just feel so convicted about the role that my faith plays in my life and how I'm living that out, but particularly in this area of forgiveness and how I would respond if I was in the same shoes. I guess it just begs the question of, are we sowing every day into our faith journey? Are we cultivating that rich soil of our soul that would enable us to forgive somebody if such a thing happened to us? Once again, I just really would like to affirm Bridget and her family and their yes to the Lord, their yes to forgiveness, because this is such a gift in the lives of so many people who bear witness to it. Ladies, if you are experiencing grief and loss or you know of others who are walking that similar journey, can I encourage you to get connected with Bridget's community? You can find that online and I do really encourage you to check it out. One of the gifts of technology is that we can support people who are living remotely. So I really want to encourage you to connect with that community or another grief and loss community to help navigate through that journey. Until next week, ladies, have a beautiful week and God bless you.